Welcome, folks, back to another episode of the Sand Black Sessions. Today's guest is Mal Wright, uh, Building and Pest Inspections. So these guys are super important for our, our business. Um, they give us the confidence um, and expertise and knowledge to make sure you know, that the building that we're actually purchasing isn't going to be falling down and to also give our clients uh, peace of mind that you know they're buying an asset that's of, of structural integrity. Um, now, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Mate, first of all, maybe just dive down to a little bit about yourself, um, you know, where you're from, sort of how you got into the industry um, to kick us off. Okay. Well, originally I was living at Anna Bay and a, a mate of mine asked me to inspect a house for him. So I ended up doing an inspection and it was the very first one I'd done. And back then we used to video the reports as well. So we did a written report and I put a video with it and I showed the conveyancer or said it to his conveyancer and his conveyancer was so impressed. They ended up saying, hey, mate, can you come and do all our inspections? So I basically from that day on hung the hammer up and in 23 years of doing this, I had eight days without work. So it's been really busy. It's, it's been a lot better for me once I hit 40. I, um, I, I started getting bad back. So to do the inspections was a better way of doing it and to use my knowledge for the building inspections. So that's how it sort of started. So then I moved to Curry. Yeah, wow. And um, took on the Hunter as well. So we, we range from Morissette up to Tea Gardens out to Cessnock and down to Port Stephens. That's where our, our range of inspections are. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. And when, when you said hang the ha hammer up, are you an ex-builder? Yeah, yeah, I'm a licensed builder. I'm still a licensed builder, but I'm now 58 years of age and to pick a hammer up makes me feel sick. So um, when I only do work. Yeah, that's all I do is the pest and build inspections. So at the moment, we're probably getting 20 calls a day because uh, the market's very, very hot. Yeah, it's, uh, it's insane out there. Yeah, okay. So you've obviously, you know, started from, you know, did your apprenticeship, um, being, for, being through the works. You would have learned so much knowledge being in that industry and obviously pass that on to, you know, your building and pest. Correct. Yeah, I started off as a carpenter, then builder, and then branched into the pest and build inspections and then during professional development in that area, uh, done courses, done the course in the pest um, to battle do the timber pest inspections and got the consultant licence. So they, they brought in a consultant licence about 10 years ago where we all had to have a consultant licence. You, you either had to be in the game for seven years and show your professional indemnity insurance or you had to sit a test. So then what they did in their wisdom and they're going to bring in the vendor reports, which the vendor had to have an inspection done prior to putting the house on the market. And then what happened is they thought because of the vendor reports, there wouldn't be enough inspectors, so they dropped the licence. So unfortunately now anybody can be a pest and build inspector. They can wake up the following day and go, oh, I want to be a pest and build inspector today, and there's no law against that. And that's what you've got to watch. There's a lot of guys out there that have done a bit of handyman work or mowed lawns and now think they're good enough to do a pest and build inspector. So it's really handy for people to be using guys like yourself to make sure that the, the guy that's doing the job is reputable and insured with professional indemnity and is licensed builder and not using some shock. Because as you know, a lot of the real estate agents at the moment are providing vendor reports from shonks 
and basically what happens is you buy the house, the report's not valid to you because it's not in your name, you got no comeback, the guy's got a $1 company, and then you find out you bought a lemon. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I was actually in aviation. I was a structural engineer, um, sheet metal worker before getting into the buyer's agency realm. And, you know, obviously I had to do my trade and then, you know, working in the industry for many years, you learn, you learn from the bottom, you learn all the tricks of the trade. But then there's often people that come in like as contractors with no actual skills, just cleaning parts and everything like that. And the difference between getting trained in the industry and not having any training at all is huge. And as you just said, there's a lot of cowboys out there not having any idea what they're doing. And, you know, vendor, uh, buyers are buying lemons and, you know, costing them tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's correct. We, uh, we've been involved in a few jobs where we go out there and the house is full of termites. You can tell from the minute you crawl in the manhole that the ceiling joists crunch underneath your legs. And then someone's inspected that and said, no termites, no termite damage. And then the poor people are stuck with this house they can't sell. So we find a lot of houses that go to auction. Um, people are in a hurry. They can't get an inspection done in time, especially in current times. And they end up panic buying. And that, that can be a big problem. So you would know yourself, the good inspectors out there and the duds, when someone shows you a vendor report, you'd probably know by name from experience whether the guy's worth using his report or not. And I suggest if you do decide to use a vendor report, to contact the inspector and offer to pay to have the report changed into your name so it's legally binding and ask him for a copy of professional indemnity so you know he's insured. 100%. bit of gold right there. Yeah, we often get our own building and pests um, if, if there is a vendor report just due to the fact exactly what you just said, that we want to be 110% certain that, you know, the guys that are going through that house and checking the, the structural integrity of the of the property is actually what it is. Um, do, do you find that a lot of real estate agents, um, you know, if they don't, if they get a bad report back, they're not going to use that inspector again and that's why they get these cheap and nasty building inspectors correct and we find we get about 40 uh, agents a year or their friends or fathers that are buying a house and they'll use us but they don't use us for their actual their, their buyers because they believe that we're too thorough and it's for their advantage to because they work for the vendor so it's their advantage to get the sale over the line no matter what and that's why guys like yourself come in to play because you know the tricks of the trades and the and the, you know the agents and you know how it all works. So it's um, it's a big investment to get stung. Um, you know, people ring up sometimes and they'll say, "Oh, look, you're a hundred dollars dearer than another guy. I'm going to use the other guy." And they ring back six months later saying, "We've moved him. We've got all these problems." So to pay the extra money, it's a big investment. It's a very small outlay to. To, to pay that bit extra to get it all done properly. I, I completely agree. I, I to buyers out there, I had one lady actually ring me up and she was going to auction, um, you know, in a few days' time and then I was just asking her a few questions around, you know, have you got your finances ready? Have you done the building and pest? And she goes, oh, what do you mean by building and pest? I said, yeah. well, you know, getting that report done so you make sure that that property isn't going to fall down. And she was a bit, she was a bit overwhelmed because she, she didn't believe that like paying, you know, that $400 or $600 or whatever it is to get that report was actually worth it. And I, it literally blew my mind. I was like, wow, you know, you, you, you're going to go spend half a million 
million dollars and you're worried about the $500 bill when it, this thing, this property could essentially cost you tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars down the track because you bought a lemon. Well, it doesn't give you the chance either to renegotiate. Like you might still really like the property and it might have $20,000 worth of repairs. Like in a building inspection, you don't get a, person, a building and pest inspection. You don't get a price on to fix these things. But what you can do is you take your report to a builder and he can quote on those items. And if you're still interested in the property, they may be negotiable. Yeah, that's exactly right. You can use it in your advantage as well, especially especially if there's you know a lot of structural damage. Maybe you want to stay away from that, but definitely cosmetic damage. Um, use that to your advantage and say, look, this is going to cost us $50,000. Negotiate on, on the price that we're willing to pay. Yeah, that's right. And we find probably um, probably 60% of properties don't have adequate termite treatments. So it's not only knowing about the condition of the property at the time you're buying it, but it's to know what to do to protect it for the future. So we'll put recommendations in of what pest treatments should be done. We don't do pest treatments. We don't do the inspections. So we're not trying to get some money out of you. But we will recommend, for example, for a house that's a 10-year-old house slab on ground, the termite treatments might be out of date by a year or two years, and you might need to get another another treatment done, which might cost you three or $4,000 to have that treatment done, and it will last you another 10 years. But then you can make an informed decision on, okay, well, we've got to buy this house, but we've also got to spend some money treating it. Protection is better than cure. Termites do a lot of damage. They do it quickly. Exactly. Preventative maintenance. Sort of the upkeep of your property. Do you find that a lot of... The- homeowners neglect their property because they're trying to, you know, save a few thousand dollars here and there. And, yeah, you know, I guess on the track, that's costing a lot of Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's the maintenance is a big thing to keep the maintenance up on your house. And when you're looking at a house, always lift the meter box lid up and have a look inside the meter box and just see if there's a if there's a sticker in there. It's called a durable notice. And that will show you the last treatments done on the house. Any treatments after 1996 must be stickered in your meter box. So then you can at least, you'll see a sticker in there saying term guard or, or cordon or whether it's had a chemical treatment. It'll have a date and it'll have an expiry date. So that will help you know whether that the, the termite treatment's been up to date. Gold, absolute gold. The buyers, the listeners will, uh, if you're looking to purchase your next home, there's a little tip for you, okay? Oh, like what do you look for when you, you know, you, someone's called you up, you're going to do your inspection. What's the first thing that you look for when walking into the house to, to make sure the house is intact? Well, the first thing is I lift the meter box and see if it's had a termite treatment. If it doesn't, then we'll be recommending that it does have a termite treatment. Then basically, visually, we go over the house visually with your eyes first and have a look, see, is it sagged, is it, is it sunk? Uh, is, is there gaps around windows showing uneven movement? And just get an overall look of the, of, the, of the house to see what you're in for for your next. Some jobs will take an hour. Some jobs will take six hours. So you can't say this job's going to take that long until you get there. The more defects, obviously, the longer it will take. Probably one of the most common defects we find, we put a moisture meter on the walls opposite the shower to see if the shower's leaking because the moisture meter will send a signal inside the wall and give us back a reading of the moisture inside the wall. So if it's above 16%, we've got a shower leak. 
Now, shower leaks don't always come from the shower recess. Sometimes it'll come from the plumbing leaking inside the wall. So then we'll suggest further invasive inspection in that area. Now, moisture could also be termites because the termites give off moisture. So what we'll do is we use thermal imaging too, and there's cameras and cameras out there. You can get a three grand toy, which is mainly designed for electrical inspections. My camera costs $65,000. So I, I, being a builder, I know the good tool well, and that will show up termite, live termites, if there's a lot of them. If there's a small amount of termites, it won't show it up. It's not giving it enough heat. It'll show the moisture around the termite packing. So the thermal camera is a very important tool. If you're getting a pest and build inspection, make sure your inspector has thermal imaging. Yeah, wow. Okay. And when you see like the, most of the damage that you see, is termites one of the biggest problems? Yes, but there's also borers as well. So when we do these inspections, they're a timber pest inspection. They're not for cockroaches, not for spiders. They're for timber pests. And the two timber pests that eat timber that we're concerned of in Australia is termites and borers. So there's an anopian borer, which only eats softwood. And you'll find in the older houses, especially Newcastle, Islington, those sort of areas, that the softwood flooring has borer in it. Now, the borer is considered active. So what that you'll see from looking underneath the house is dark holes in the timber. And if you break that timber open, it will look like a honeycomb. So if you walk through that floor or walk, sorry, on that floor with stilettos, you'll go through it. The, the borer weakens the, the floorboards. So that's basically a, a treatment of the borer, which will be about $1,500 on average, and it'll take six months to a year to make sure that the borer is dead. So they also suggest to replace all susceptible timbers, which are softwood timbers. Most houses are built of hardwood, but especially the older ones, but the flooring will be soft. The newer houses are a softwood house. They're usually a pine timber frame or treated pine timber frame, but they've usually got a concrete slab or they'll have a, a flooring that's not borer affected. Yeah, wow. Okay, interesting. And, and when you talk about lagging or no dropping of the, the floor, what exactly happens there with the, with the footings? Well, what that's normally called to start off with is poor drainage. If you've got a block of land sloping down towards the house or pro, profiles around the house of contours of the land sloping towards the house and there's no drainage in there, the water runs under the house. And that causes the piers, the foundations to become soft and the piers to drop. Now, normally, nine times out of ten, the house will drop around the outside of the house and the floor in the middle of the house will be higher. The reason for that is, is the outside of the piers, the outside of the house, has got the weight on it. That's where all your walls and roof structure, all your load-bearing weight is. So the piers on the outside of the house sink and the ones underneath the middle of the house stay dry and they haven't got the weight on them, they stay in place. So you end up with a hump effect. So when you walk around the floors, you fill the floors at a level down towards the external walls. Now, to fix that is a re-level of the house. So usually averages between twenty dollars and $30,000 because once you re-level the house, you end up with windows that don't work, doors that need shaving, cracks in walls. So it can be quite an expensive fix. Yeah, okay, okay, gotcha. And so a key sign is obviously seeing those cracks in the walls, whether it's inside or outside, because obviously, you know, one part of the house is lagged um, or sunken and which creates pressure and, you know, causes crack cracking. 
That can be correct, but the crack can also be caused from the 1989 Newcastle earthquake. So if the house is an older house and it's been through that earthquake, a lot of the houses do have cracking from that from that, that event. Yeah, wow, okay. And do you see do, is that do you see many problems coming from that earthquake? We do. Some of them were fixed by insurance, um, we, especially the cavity double brick homes. They, they definitely cracked everywhere from that earthquake, and you'll see some obvious. So, so sometimes cracking will just be caused from expansion and contraction, especially on the newer style houses up to 20 years old. If they haven't got expansion joints in the right places in the external brick walls, there will be cracks, but those cracks aren't, aren't major cracks because they're in, on a brick veneer home, the internal walls is the timber wall frames or steel in some cases, which are the load-bearing walls. The brick veneer is just the bricks of veneer. It's a facing. So cracks in brick veneer usually are from expansion and contraction. Sometimes they're from movement, but if they're on a concrete rough slab, not usually. Usually it's expansion and contraction and they haven't put articulation joints, which are expansion joints in the right places, and those expansion joints can be installed day to day. Yeah, wow, that's that's quite in depth. Amazing. I, I actually didn't know that. So that's uh very knowledge, knowledgeable. How how dangerous is asbestos and what's the obviously there's a lot of stigma around it because it's a very dangerous substance. Um what do you say or what do you have got to say about if there's um, asbestos in the in the property? Well asbestos is fine as not long as it's not disturbed. So if you break, if you decide you want to cut a doorway in, you get a grinder out and you cut the asbestos, you've got problems because you're forming a fine dust from it, which you're probably breathing in. So asbestos, if it's painted, it's fine. We do see a lot of the older houses that have got the asbestos corrugated super six roofs and they're usually not sealed. So that they're giving airborne fibres up in the air and those roofs should be spray sealed so that the fibres don't become airborne. So asbestos is a common thing. Now, any Hardy's product before 1982 contains asbestos. Even the sheets that are stamped with the green stamp saying asbestos-free have got 10% asbestos in them because back then, if it was the law was, if it had less than 10% of asbestos, it wasn't classed to be a danger. So they would have the stamp on asbestos-free. It's a green stamp and it still contains 10% asbestos. Yeah, wow. Okay. So if someone has an asbestos roof, would you recommend replacing the whole roof to, you know, get rid of any dangerous substances? Yes, because soon it's only a Band-Aid over it. The asbestos becomes brittle with age, and usually asbestos roofs are brittle to walk on, so they're not serviceable. So, yes, replacement's a very good idea. Now, if you're renovating a house and your house has got asbestos, Pay a professional to remove it. Simple. And then it's gone. It'll cost you three or four times the price of what it would cost normally, but it's well worth it. So they will bring in a register eventually, and your house will have to be registered for asbestos. It, it was going to come in about three or four years ago, but with all the other things that have gone on in the world, they've put that on hold, but it will come in. Yeah. Okay. All righty. I actually just you know, a few weeks ago I went through an inspection and you know, I noticed that the roof was completely asbestos and I, I guarantee not a lot of buyers uh, knew about the asbestos roof. Um, so if you didn't 
I guess, have an eye for it. You didn't know what you were looking for um, and you didn't get a building and pest report and, uh, and you had a young family and it wasn't sprayed, you know, you, you're giving damage to your, to your family every, every time you go into the house. Well, the other concern is too, if you're renting the house out, you have to disclose what's asbestos in the house. So that can be a turn-off for, for renters. So basically anything before 1982 normally would have asbestos eaves, bathrooms, bathroom internal wall linings. They're not so much a problem. So when you get the not only the roofs, but sometimes the roofs will have roof gutters that are asbestos and downpipes are asbestos as well. So if you are buying a house with asbestos in those areas, yes, definitely best to have all that replaced. Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Um, we often, you know, we go through a lot of units as well and a lot of the older style they have, you know, from the kitchen to the living room with the big brick walls. I was like, yeah, you can knock this out, make this open plan living. Um, you know, obviously you guys are really important to make sure that's actually possible um, to give us a bit of guidance as well to see if it's achievable and, you know, you can't actually uh, do it down the track when people try to get walls or anything like that with causing damage? Yeah, of course. We can let you know. You can put a note in there. Can you please check this particular wall if it's load-bearing or not? And while we're in the inspection, we can give you advice on that. Yeah, most definitely. All righty. So, so how many um, building and pest inspections do you do in a day? Two. So when I was younger, I used to do three. But uh, two is not two because... An inspection should take roughly on average about two hours per inspection, providing it's not, you know, something that you get there and think, where's the hidden camera? Why am I on this job? Which does happen sometimes, believe me. But usually takes about two hours on site. So then you've got your travel to the job, from the job. So in an eight-hour day, two inspections, I find, is adequate for me. It's about to do a proper job. There's some guys out there doing six to seven in a day, I couldn't even inspect six and seven roof spaces in a day to do it properly and travel between jobs. So the modern inspector these days is using a phone app. I've got nothing against that. There are some good apps out there. But they're, they're doing looking from the manhole, not looking through the roof, looking from the side of the house, not crawling under. They're not really going over them the way that they should. So if your inspector's telling you he's doing five or six in a day, you know you're not getting a proper job done. So that would be a, a good question, obviously, to ask your, your building pest um, inspector how many jobs they're doing. If they're saying, yeah, well, well over like four or five, stay away from them pretty much. They're probably not going to give you that information. The very best thing you can do when you order inspection is simply ask for a copy of the professional indemnity. If they've got that, you know that they've got qualifications. Now, I'm a member of the Australian Society of Building Consultants and they've got a website and it's it's the asbc.com.au and you, you go on there, there's inspectors in all different areas that are members. You are guaranteed the inspectors of that society are insured because it's part of the the part of the process for them for you to become a member to show you got the experience, to give them sample reports, to show your professional indemnity, also to show your public liability and and your 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 CPD points that you're keeping update with the industry. So they're a very good way to do it, no matter where you're buying. 
They're, in, they're based only in New South Wales, but, but it's a very good way of knowing that your inspectors are insured. Gold, absolute gold. Hey, the listeners are really going to get educated around, you know, the importance of, of building in pests and how, how important it is. Otherwise, it's so detrimental down the path. We might we might finish it up pretty quickly, but in terms of areas of Newcastle, is there any areas that you'd stay away from if you're looking to buy your next home? No, Newcastle hunters gold. So it's everyone's moving up to Sydney, Melbourne. This lockdown thing and this COVID thing keeps seem to be popping up, and it's it's lesser up here. So the the prices of the values of the houses up here have escalated, and they're not going to stop. So it's supply and demand at the moment. Demand is very, very high. Yeah, okay. And with the mining, um, do you see many problems there with mining subsiding? Is that the correct terminology? Yeah, mine, mine subsides. Yeah, we do see, you know, problems in mine areas with that, but your conveyancer will know whether it's in a mining area and it also floods is another important thing to look at with your conveyancer. So it's just as important... To get a good conveyancer is what it is to get a piston building inspector. You don't want someone skipping over the paperwork just to get you across the line. So to, for the, a good conveyancer for, to do the checks on the property, we'll see if it's mine subsidence and also area or see if it's a flood area. So we've had instances in Maitland where they said it's a one in hundred year flood, but they've had three floods in 20 years. <laughs> so it does happen. So... It's a big investment, so to, to tick your boxes and do your homework and to get someone like yourself also to, to help them through the the process is a very good way of doing it because it's a massive investment and it's it's usually the biggest investment of your life as a house. So don't cut your corners, do it properly and don't get rushed by the agent. There's always 20 other people looking at the house. So you just got to have to just, you know, deal with it and the one that pops up is the one that's meant to be. Absolute gold, absolute gold, yeah. It's so important to have a strong team around yourself, especially if it's your, it's your first home. Um, and, you know, we we obviously rely on you guys so much. So you know, we have 110% confidence in the property that we're purchasing for our client. Um, we can go out there and you know, make a strong offer and be confident that this property isn't going to fall down. So, yeah, we rely on, on, on you so much to make educated. Um, a quick question for you. Are you finding that people at the moment, especially because of lockdown and buying houses unseen? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially from, uh, you know, I, I actually float between Sydney and Newcastle. I'm actually in, um, in Sydney at the moment. Obviously, I can't go back to Newcastle. I haven't been back for like... Uh, Six six weeks now or something. Um, so waiting for everything to lift. But yeah, we we've definitely got clients in in Sydney that you know buy sites unseen. Um, so again, rely hugely on you to make sure um, to give them confidence as well. Yeah, we've had about ten in the last three weeks buying unseen that relying on the report. And uh, you know they got special requests while you're there. Can you just give me another photo of the of the backyard? And can you do this? And can you do that? We accommodate, but look, on current times, if that's the way you've got to do it to buy it, it's um, get your ducks in a row and and make sure that you're buying something that, that's, that's suitable for yourself and 
yeah, we are finding it's becoming very common and a lot more of it very quickly. Yeah, and, and once again, obviously, having that uh, a qualified but also experienced um, inspector who actually knows what they're looking for um, and can see all the hidden, hidden dangers that a lot of people may miss is, is super important. And if you are doing that, just ask your agent to run their video camera on their phone through and send you a video of the property because sometimes the pictures on the website can look a lot better than what they actually look. They get them to run a video walkthrough. Yeah, uh, so it's very important because a house can look magic under a good photographer. Yeah, they're very, they're very good at making the photos look excellent compared to what the actual house looks like. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mal, it was an absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, an absolute gold. I got a lot of knowledge out of this, and the listeners and you know future buyers, uh, I guarantee, going to go away with a lot more knowledge and expertise to you know go out there and find their next home. Thank you very much. And if anybody wants to book an inspection, just go to malright.com.au and fill the online request out, and that'll email me your details. Thank you.